You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Eventually, we had 12 non-Disney songs, some of which are mashups, so they're actually multiple songs. For example, we have one coming out in October, which is uh, Back to the Future. And it's the mashup of Power of Love and uh, Back in Time. Uh, We have another one, which is a Blues Brothers mashup coming out way later. But we would do these big things, and then with the Disney ones, we just did a calendar where we're releasing a new song every two weeks, and it takes us all the way until next August. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried a free trial yet, go to the website builtforthestage.com and you can be on your way with seven days working with your own Broadway fitness coach via an online app. If you're ready to go, just head on over to the website. You can sign up for a dollar in the first month. Get yourself a free t-shirt and uh, yeah, all the good stuff. All right. Special thanks to Broadway Podcast Network, our producing team. You can check them out at bpn.fn. As always, exciting guests we have for you today on the show. Um, calling in from California. I'm over here on the East Coast in uh, Miami. So uh, our guest has a coffee, maybe his first, and I'm on my third or fourth. So uh He's actually uh, in a band called Stray in the soundtrack, and we'll be going back on the Waitress Tour as well, playing the role of Earl, and and he's going to get into that with you, but just wanted to give you the heads up on our guest today, Sean W. Smith. Hey, Sean. What's up? You know, just uh, enjoying the the Sunday here. We got Sunday vibes, coffee, got a dog in the background, all Mm -hmm. is well. All is well. It's a nice gray day in Los Angeles. Rare thing, but happy for me. I love a little uh, overcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have about three, three and a half weeks until you go back on tour, but you have a lot of stuff that's been going on before then um, with Stray and the soundtrack. Can you get into like, first off, how does a musical theater performer end up in a band? How do you make it a reality where like, You actually have gigs and you have projects like, you know, I think so many performers during this pandemic, especially have like been itching to create on their own. But so much of it is just the difficulties of starting something and getting it off the ground. So if you'd start from like the beginning with the band and and just how it all came about. Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, let's see. So... (laughs) I guess I kind of went into musical theater in reverse because uh, I'd never planned on doing musical theater. I wanted to be an actor who also sang rock music. Um, and as I kept auditioning, I just got hired to do those shows with the 80s songs and the rock and roll stuff. Um, I was doing a cruise ship gig. Uh, there's a there's a company out here in Los Angeles called For the Record. They do movie musical mashups where 
they'll take a, a director or or an area of film. For example, my show was called The Brat Pack. It started out as just John Hughes movies and then went into just like kind of more of the overall 80s teen Brat Pack films. And it's like a rock concert mixed with dialogue from those movies. So I was getting hired to do things like that a lot. Getting 80s became my kind of bread and butter. And on my second contract doing Norwegian Cruise Lines with that show, I met my uh, music writing partner who was the lead guitarist in the show. And he... He's kind of a, he's a savant. He's a genius. Um, he went to school for music production. He grew up in a music household. His parents are both teachers. One taught music, plays like 16 instruments. And while we were on the ship, we had all this free time. So you would do your show. I would do a secondary show. And then I'd play my guitar in the bar and I was writing all this music. And he was like, hey, if you want, we can, we can just make an EP. And I was like, sure, we've got the equipment. I bought a couple mics and stuff, and he's he's got his whole setup. So we, on the ship, in a, in a five-by-seven-foot room, put together an entire album. Um, and we were able to do things with that, because then while we'd be on the ship, we would be like, well, can we perform in this bar or perform in this lounge? And they're like, yeah, why not? They always love free entertainment. Uh, and then we got off the ship, put together a concert to release that album, Um and we just knew we worked well together. We knew we could do it from wherever because we had the equipment. And when I went on tour, I started writing again. And I was like, I'm coming up with a whole new list of songs that eventually I'd like to turn into another album. And the first one was just under my name. He was my head producer, co-writer, but it was Sean W. Smith is, uh, you know. And so the pandemic hit, and I think about a month in, I called him. We like doing goofy videos and stuff too, just like making fun of whatever. And I called him about a month in. I don't know if you remember from the mid '90s, the Muppet Treasure Island movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's of a course. song in it called Cabin Fever, and it's they're all on the ship and they're bored and they're going crazy from boredom. And we've been in a month into this quarantine and nobody knew how long it was going to last. And so I called him up and said, "How funny would it be if we got all of our friends?" from wherever they are in the country to just record little bits and film little bits. And we'll make a whole mashup video covering that song and doing, doing it as a new thing. And, uh, I woke up one day, he goes, well, so I was thinking about it and I came up with this overnight. He wrote the entire track and, uh, sent it to me. And so I start coordinating with everybody. Oh, do this, do that, do that. You know, will you do this? Will you do that? And I got a bunch of friends to just agree to be, go run out into their driveway or go into their backyard and film a bit. And we put that together and we had so much fun that you know every couple months we contact each other be like hey do you want to do another little video this or that and eventually while we were doing this we kept joking when's the next album coming out when are we going to do the next album and i had made my plan to move i was in new york at the time um and i had in november planned on moving to la so i drove out here and we had all this free time and we finally were just like you know what we've been in this pandemic long enough um Clearly things aren't changing yet. We might as well just start working. And so I sent him all my demos um, and he had a couple for me. And so he just starts making tracks. I would basically either write it on the piano or, or just rhythm guitar with words and a melody. Because I'm, I'm I like writing the lyrics and I write, let, write the melodies, but he's the one who knows how to play every instrument and flesh it all out. Um, and so I'd send him these, these tracks and he just would overnight, here's one, Here's one. Here's one. And occasionally we'd have a couple moments where we're like, we're stuck on this. Let's sit down. And we would um, actually over FaceTime, 
we'd use this this app called Audio Movers, where it would link his computer audio up to my computer, so I could hear what he was working on, and then I have my phone set up with FaceTime, and we could like just talk back and forth. That's not working. This is. Let's do this. Let that. Whatever. And I'd start sending him, you know, here's five vocal takes of the song. Let's comp that together. And I'd call some friends up. Hey, can you do some BVs for me? And it just like kind of kept growing. And so um, he came out to visit in in May, which was right about when we were releasing the album. And and that was when he was like, I'm going to move out here. So with that happening, uh, we had just realized like, okay, we're going to be in the same. He moved in with me. He's actually like two rooms away, probably sleeping. Uh, <laughs> and, and we just were like, we're clearly not done doing any of these crazy music projects. And we figured out how to do it from across the globe. So it doesn't matter if I'm on tour or you're on tour, we can still make it happen. And with today's day and age anyway, even before the pandemic, everything's internet. You know, everything is, uh, there, there's no there's no real need to do the whole like, let's truck out to some random bar that we'd be opening for the second opener. And get maybe five more people to see us it just doesn't exist anymore so we thought what are we going to do to get people to listen to our stuff which i mean i'm I'm jumping ahead um the project that takes this upcoming year we were like well we got to suck it up and start doing covers because we don't like doing covers too much (laughs) right 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 well and and i turns out i was wrong we love doing covers but we love it because we picked those songs that meant something to us and that we could t- do a new twist on without being arrogant enough to think that we could do it better than the original. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. My, my personal pet peeve when people do covers is that they try and do the original and then just, you know, think that they're going to do it better. If I wanted to yeah. listen to the original rocket man by Elton John, I'll just listen to the original. Sure. Sure. No, absolutely. I actually am a huge fan of like covers that I actually just heard one of Back in Black and it was this like folksy, just acoustic version of it. And mm-hmm. it didn't even sound like the same song. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that's, that. those are the things where I love it, where it's like, oh, you took it, you figured out the heart of it, and then you just did your own version of it. Um, mm. So we thought, let's start doing that. And uh, we came up with a list of 12 and they were just general songs. But while he was visiting, we went to Disneyland and we were like, what if we did some Disney ones too? Because the fan base for Disney's crazy and they'll, they go searching for this stuff. Um, and so we started to come up with Disney songs. I was like, well, if we're going to do this, we're gonna, I don't want to do any standards or at least avoid them as much as possible. I don't want anything from the Renaissance because everybody does the Renaissance. You know, I could probably look up, let it go from frozen and find 20 covers in the next two seconds. So I don't want any of that. And he, he agreed really quickly. He's like, Oh, there's so many good songs that nobody does. So we just started coming up with a list. And then because we don't know how to say no or how to stop ourselves, eventually we had 12 non Disney songs, some of which are mashups. So they're actually multiple songs. For example, we have one coming out in October, which is uh, back to the future. And it's the mashup of power of love and uh, back in time. Uh, we have another one, which is a Blues Brothers mashup coming out way later. But okay. we would do these big things. And then with the Disney ones, we just did a calendar where we're releasing a new song every two weeks. And it takes us all the way until next August, which is for us great because we're backlogging all this material. And there, it, it, it kind of gets that, um, oh, I don't know the word, <laughs> uh, where people can't forget because you always have something new coming. 
Sure. I don't know what the word is. I feel like there is one, but uh, it keeps us on in the lexicon. So that was our plan. That is our plan. Uh, but because of waitress, I have to work a little double time right now just to make sure I get that underway. In the yeah. meantime, we do have a live gig because Scott, who you know, my manager, um, very, very lovely man, was very adamant that we get a physical copy of our the CD we just released in May uh, and actually have a gig to promote it, to have a real release party, which we did do with the last album but you know with everything shut down we were like probably not going to happen but he took the reins and he was just like i'm going to find you a venue we're going to do this and this this, and this and he's been wonderful so it's kind of surreal to me to think that i have a physical copy of a cd that i wrote the songs on that i'm singing the songs on that i'm playing some instruments on and um so he he was just really instrumental in getting kind of putting that fire under our butts because it's one thing to have two people believe in themselves but have a third party come in and be like, yeah. I like what you're doing. Let's, let's, uh, elevate it. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is really nice. Cause what we do is weird. We know we're, we're a little bit different. <laughs> we're not this, trying to this, be the next big pop stars. Yeah. This project that you're putting out every two weeks, where can people, uh, find your music? Any, like the usual Spotify, iTunes, all that. Exactly. Any, anywhere. Uh, I think I use CD baby as a, as a distributor. So, they just put it on everything: Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Tidal, YouTube, Deezer. So, I mean, I don't know anybody who uses anything besides Spotify and iTunes, but yeah, if there are some out there, yeah, it's on, it's going to be on all of them. Um, it's going to be every other Tuesday, starting September fourteenth. Okay, so the first release will be September fourteenth. Can you which uh, which song is going to be the first? It's going to be Rocket Man by Elton John. Um, it's one of the few where we're not trying to be tongue in cheek and not trying to just be a little bit over the top. Cause we like to do the theatrical over the top stuff, but with rocket man, uh, we're using that as a platform to talk about some other things, mental health awareness, addiction awareness. Um, cause that's, you know, important things to us to be cognizant about and to kind of spread the word on and rocket man seemed like an obvious choice of a song that we both love that kind of it the whole song you know on on the surface is about quote unquote a rocket man but it's really metaphorical about uh anybody who has struggled with disconnect in the world so we have that done we just finished filming a music video for it that i have to edit together over the next week um but yeah september 14th we're dropping that one and then we have our our first disney one two weeks later which is going to be really fun um, so you edit you're editing the video as well Yes. Yeah. We're, we're both <laughs> from middle to lower middle-class families. So most of this is like, we do it all ourselves. <laughs> I love possible. that. I, I can relate. I can relate. Kind of don't know anything else, but to just make it happen on your own. Um, right. And then eventually you, you keep uh, hustling and working and, and you get to the point where then others can help you out because you made a way for yourself in the beginning. So, um, Exactly. Kudos to you for that. What, uh, besides like your upbringing and just your background, uh, growing up, what else like inspires you or keeps you able to do all of these things? Like when, when do you rest? Don't, aren't you tired? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> well, yes and no. Uh, 
I feel bad always talking about whether or not I'm the one who's tired because uh, my, Michael, the co-writer, he, like I said, he works the, the music production side of it. So it's all of the front end work is on his side, um, which I always feel bad about because I'm like, I, I get the ideas and I'll sit in with him a lot and just be like, what if we did this? What if we did that? But as far as I don't know how to work Pro Tools, I can work Logic. He does Pro Tools. He was he used to be uh, tech support for Pro Tools, so he knows all that. So I feel bad when I'm like, oh, I'm tired because this guy will stay up until three, four in the morning, just like mixing down the the background vocals. Um, but I, I guess I, I don't like resting personally. I'm I'm a very I I'm I'm of an old old mind. I know that we're in a new age where we're not supposed to glorify the hustle, but I do love the hustle. I love being, you know, um, just slight, uh, like kind of always a little bit over burning the candle there on both ends. Um, and I know there's a podcast for fitness, which is like, it kind of leads into that. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that I, I spent all of my twenties being obsessed with like, okay, what's the next fitness thing I'm going to do? And what's the next, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to rehearsal. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go to my job at the bar so that I can work for a couple hours to make money to wake up the next day, get up, go to rehearsal, go to the gym, go to the gym. And I yeah. just kind of, you know, it, the mindset doesn't go away. And I didn't particularly want to let the pandemic, let the mindset go away. Yeah. I think, I think the misconception or maybe where people go overboard on one side and compare to the other is like, it's more so for me, the mindfulness of what, works best for you or how you respond best to creating a an environment for yourself that you thrive in right so like you were saying that i can relate to that uh burning the candle at both ends obviously again in moderation but you thrive off of pushing yourself and 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 teetering on that edge of of how far can i push it right and you know when i was probably 23 24, I would burn the candle on one end until it was done. But it was always the end of like, make sure that you have your survival job, make sure you're paying your bills, and then go get a drink after work to forget how much you hate your survival job and pay your, you know, and now, um, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't drink anymore. I don't, you know, I got sober when I was 26. Um, well, 25, but around the birthday there. And, uh, the thing that I've, that I've realized is that the, it's, it is a balance. You still have to pay your bills. You still have to do the work just to eat. But if you're doing all of that and you're not doing anything that fills you and fills your spirit and your soul, then it all just becomes another, you know, that's where people get burnt out. Um, I don't mind not resting because I love making these little projects and they did start out and they still are like in a, in a sense, a hobby. Cause I never expect to make money off of them. I never expect to get famous from them. Um, but as they keep growing, it's like, we made them. We might as well put them out there. If they, yeah. if, they, if they get us anything in return, great. If not, that's not why we did it in the first place. But, you know, they, that's the kind of stuff that fills me that, you know, going, going and uh, doing fitness and going and making these songs and writing and creating these videos and just doing things that kind of make people laugh or smile or, or just, you know, have a moment of reflection. I was like, that's, that's where mm-hmm. I feel like I should be forcing myself to an extent to keep working 
Yeah, um, I was seeing your your uh, Instagram page, uh, Sean W. Smith. Everyone listening, you can check that out in the description of this episode to uh, give Sean a follow. But you did some Instagram reel where you're in a handstand hold up against the wall talking about <laughs> how it's hard to make a reel upside down. I, I found that uh, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, just a – I think my buddy was over. We were working out, and he was – and I was like, I don't know how to get people to, to listen to the album. And he said, go do a handstand. And while you're doing it, we're going to tell people that you're not going to stop until you listen to this album. I was like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nowadays in the uh, 0.2 second swipe world of of, uh, competing for everyone's last drop of attention, you got to do something that sticks out. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's transition into uh, Waitress and how... Uh, you had shared before we recorded that you were on the tour uh, as a swing, and now you'll actually be returning, uh, I think you said September 12th, as uh, Earl uh, full-time in the show. Um, yep. Tell us how that's been prepping for it and just maybe what you're looking forward to transitioning into the role full-time. Um, sure, yes. I I did the, did the swinging on the tour in 2019-2020 before we got shut down. And at the time, I was the understudy for Earl, as well as Dr. Pometer. Excuse me. Uh, the coffee's <laughs> getting me getting me gassy here. Uh, <laughs> so I got lucky, really lucky, that I got to perform Earl uh, a handful of times during that round. Um, the full-time Earl then had to go to a wedding for a weekend. So I got the chance to go on for five straight performances to 2,500-seat houses, and it was just like, you know, as as the person who would sit in the back of the back the back of the wings watching the show, doing it in the corner, just making sure that you're on top of it. Um, I got lucky a lot of times during the swinging because, in my luck, was at other people's expenses, unfortunately. But somebody got injured, and while they were injured, I got to go on for fifty straight performances as one of the ensemble members. Um, I got to go on for I think I went on for two and a half of the ensemble boys. There's three ensemble tracks. I went on for two and a half. One of them, I had to just do a portion of it due to an injury that they couldn't do a part of the show. And I just would like click in for that moment and then get back off stage. I was really lucky that I got to go on for Earl a handful of times. Um, And so when we got shut down, the full-time Earl then became a good friend of mine. And he had contacted me. He said, I'm not going to come back. I'm, I'm working on other things in life. And you know, I'm, I'm the touring side of my career, I think is winding down and I, I'm not done. I love travel. Uh, and so I contacted the, um, the producer immediately and was just like, Hey, I know that people are talking about whether or not they're going to come back, this and that in the event that a role opens up, that is, uh, either ensemble or lead, <clears throat> I would love the chance to, uh, to audition for it. Um, and I had a great, I love, I liked communicating with the producers. They were, they and I had gotten along and, and so it was very nice to get a response back and she was like, I, it's in the, it's in the records. If anything opens up, you will have an audition for it. And sure enough, when he told them he wasn't coming back, they sent me the information and it's nice to be able to sit back now and be like, I didn't just get handed it. They, they put me through the same audition that and that having done the track in that cast, in that production they still said, you got to do all of the sides. You got to film it all. You got to send it in and you're going to do the live zoom audition after the fact. So I did get to do all of that. Um, 
which was really fun because you have a preconceived notion of how you're going to play something and you do it. And then it's in your head, you're doing it this way. And then, you know, a year later I'm sitting doing a zoom audition with the director I've already worked with, with the crew and stuff. And they're, she's giving new notes as a new way to do it. Realizing that I'm not the person who had already played the role and approaching it differently. So I got an opportunity to revisit and look at it and, and think of new nuances and new ways to approach. I mean, are you familiar with waitress? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Earl can easily become kind of a one, one note villain. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very exciting to me to go in there and look at what made the character tick before he became who we see to look at what we can do to show the audience, the underlying human that Jenna did fall in love with once upon a time. Um, giving context to the backstory, the, uh, my personal philosophy when I'm doing anything in a show is like the, what is the story about and how does your performance serve that? Not how does your performance serve you or serve your ego, but how does it serve the overarching theme? And the, and the whole story is about Jenna. So the character of Earl, in my opinion, and I'm, you know, it's just an opinion, but needs to be about showing her, showing where she came from and showing the things that her life used to be as well as, the the trapped nature of where she is now and and he is you know he's a manipulator and he has all this negative energy and he does these things that are so awful but if you don't have that underlying humanity he's just a big old cartoon villain and mm -hmm. and and those scenes hold no weight at that point um so i'm really excited to get back into it i'm excited to go to work every day knowing the one thing i have to do as opposed to the five possible things i get to do yeah. uh so yeah, that's I'm very cool. excited to get back to it. Well, let's uh, wrap up the episode getting to know you a little bit more outside of the band or musical theater. Um, it is Sunday and it's going to be almost noon. If you were to go to brunch, what's your favorite brunch food that you would have? Ooh, chicken and waffles. Yeah, okay. I mean, if I was Good. back in New York, would be in, at Melba's in Harlem. Okay. Uh, you've been talking about 80s music. Favorite 80s song? <sighs> Um, that is tough. I would probably. Mm. How about '80s song that you thrive singing? Like you, like oh, this is my jam. This is the one I knock out of the park. Let me let me check a date here. Let me check a date because I want to make sure I got this right. <laughs> this is going to sound super weird. First off, because I think the one I'm going to say is Labyrinth, uh, 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 Magic Dance and Underground from Labyrinth, David Bowie. Okay. Um. Basically anything David Bowie, but uh, we did actually do a cover of that once upon a time. And I, and I felt like it was my wheelhouse. Uh, also, I want to make sure this is right. Oh, it's 77. I was going to say bad out of hell by meatloaf, but that's nice. Oh, it's a couple of years too early. Got gotcha. you early. Uh, and then I, I would, uh, Jesse's girl, Jesse's girl. Oh. I'm going to go Jesse's girl. That's yeah. it. That's my, that's my answer. Jesse's girl. <laughs> oh, I could rock to that. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, Jesse's girl. Okay, cool. All right, so you traveled a lot with the tour already. What's your favorite city been, and what did you like about it the most? Um, we went to Vancouver. I loved Vancouver so much. It has a lot of the same city vibes that New York and LA have, 
But we took a 30-minute bus ride out to go to this beautiful uh, nature preserve with a suspension bridge, saw a bunch of like bald eagles flying around. Uh, that was gorgeous. The, the town has a lot of great food. It was really nice. Actually, I loved Canada in general. Um, we went to Calgary. That was another big favorite. And then actually, San Jose, California, which is about an hour outside of um, San Francisco, it's a beautiful place, and it is nice that you get to go to San Francisco super quickly. But that was where I got to go on for Earl, and the audiences were fantastic. Um, plus, I guess that you could just walk around in the area. A lot of good food, a lot of good sights. But yeah, San 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 Jose. All right, shout out San Jose, the uh, I guess uh, stepchild of all the cities in California that doesn't get as much attention. So, uh, cool. All right, Sean, thanks so much for being on Bill for the Stage podcast. Appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. And also, right. uh, side note, the, the tattoos are fantastic. Oh, I, this I just got. Um, it's so good. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I got my, everyone that's listening. You can't see. Um, I have my dogs on my arm, but I have the Flatiron building um, where I got my second dog. And Anyways, you can check it out on the Instagram, I guess, at Bill for the Stage. But I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right, everyone listening, thanks again. Uh, check out Sean W. Smith. Uh, the description of this episode has his uh, Instagram handle, the band's handle. Um, make sure you check out Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your music uh, for their uh, music to start releasing every two weeks. Uh, Sean, that was September. What was that? September 14th. Okay. September 14th is the first song coming out. Okay. Every Tuesday, uh, every other Tuesday, sorry, two weeks. So uh, be on the lookout for that. That's super impressive uh, that he's been putting down all this work with his partner. So um, I'm excited to take a listen myself. Uh, Everyone uh, that listens regularly to the podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment if you enjoy it. And if this is your first time listening, Come back again. We'd love to have you. This is Joe Roscoe signing off. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.